Welcome back to the Success on Amazon podcast. In this week's episode, advertising expert Zilang Liang and CMO of Celix, Thomas Ropel, share exactly how to avoid wasting ad spend on Amazon. Together, they give you six quick and easy tips to cut ad waste and talk about how you can use the free Celix advertising analysis report to identify the campaigns and keywords that are wasting your budget. If you enjoy these episodes, please make sure to follow us and leave us a review. Now let's go ahead and jump into the episode. My name is Thomas Ropel. I am the CMO of Celix and I'm very glad to be the host for you today. And I'm not alone, as you might see. So I have Zilint here again in our show, who has been already in one of our past shows and where we talked about campaign structure. So some of you might still know her. Um, but, you know, probably starting with a quick intro, um, Zelene is one of the best experts in the industry around PPC and advertising. But Zelene, if you probably just want to share a couple of words about yourself. Sure. Um, for those that um, has heard from me before, welcome back. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, my name is Zelene Liang. I serve as Director of Strategic Accounts here at Celix, and so I primarily work with large enterprise and agency clients. I'm happy to share any insights from my experience working with those swaps of customers. Thanks so much, Celine. Yeah, I think, you know, for those of you that watched some of the last uh, episodes, so we talked a lot about advertising. We talked a lot about different strategies to, to really boost advertising performance on Amazon. And we had different, different things which we, which we tried to cover. We started with overall strategies. We went a little bit deeper into some topics like campaign structures. We talked about DSP and our branding. And we also talked last time about multi-channel strategies and how Amazon advertising actually uh, really works in that context. But one of the big topics that uh, has come up again and again, and something that we hear from many people out there that are also using Celex advertising, that are trying to also improve their performance within advertising, um, always comes back to the foundations. It's the question, what shall I really do to optimize and grow my account? And that's the reason why we decided to dedicate a special session today where we'll talk about some of the most important things that anyone should consider when optimizing their account. And not only this, we also will show you during the session how you can get everything that we talked today about for free for your advertising account, where you will see exactly with your own data what you should do next in order to really boost your performance. So we'll talk about what you can do to really do this and how you can also do this for free. It's a brand new thing in the industry. It's the only thing in the industry that actually can really do this. So I'm very excited about uh, talking about the report that we'll touch on later today. But before we talk about the, the report, the, the basic idea is first to cover what do we cover in this analysis, in this report? What is the background? What is the logic? Why are we recommending certain steps? And then at the second part of the show, we will really go deeper into what you can do now to really grow your account. So before I get starting, some a uh, couple of uh, remarks again in terms of housekeeping. So for those of you that have attended the last shows, this is a live show, um, which pretty much means that many things can go wrong. We hope they don't, right? But many things can go wrong. But it also means that you can interact with us. 
So please don't be, don't be hesitant, don't be shy. Use the chat, use the Q&A. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also use the comments there. We will ensure that all of your questions are addressed within the show. And if we run out of time at the end, we will ensure to come back to you with all of your questions. And in the last shows, we had lots of engagement. So for those of you that watched some of the last shows, you probably saw we really tried to take this seriously. Um, but again, if, if there's anything we cannot address, we will. So please, you know, as soon as we cover through the content, ask questions throughout the way. Uh, and in the end, we'll have a Q&A session as well. We will ensure that we cover all of them. Um, so with no further ado, I think, you know, let's probably dive right into the topic. And Zilin, yes, I think, you know, one of the big, big things that how we positioned this show today was to figure out what anyone that wants to be successful within Amazon advertising should keep in mind how they can stop wasting very, very, very important ad dollars and um, how they can figure out what they should do. So what do you think? What should people do and how do you think about this? That's such a vague question to start with. And I think that's, that's usually the difficulty of somebody trying to Google to fight, find the right answer, right? If it's super generic like that. Um, and so what I've come to um, conclude when it comes to looking at where do you focus your attention is to find overarching insights that are at the structural foundation of somebody's advertising campaigns. And so if anyone here has seen the last couple of webinars we've done, we talked at length about campaign structure, but today we're going to talk about why and then how that actually materializes into, um, into some sort of impact. And then um, furthermore, I think um, as a company that offers automation, we talk at length about the benefits of automation, how much time savings it is, how much more diligent and accurate that is. But if you don't have the right foundation at the heart of it, it's a moot point. And so that's what we want to talk about today, where it's a high level education for why these things matter, um, how to um, prioritize what you spend your time on, and then what you can do about it um, once you get this audit through Celix. Thank you. Yeah, I think, and also I just saw already some comments, so lots of excitement. That is good. Yeah, I know we kind of like had some of the last shows that really went into some of these topics, but today we really want to cover the most important six things that you should think of. So Zelen, I think you have a couple of slides that we can probably look at. Yes, I do. Um, here we are. Do you guys see it? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so Thomas has alluded to um, an advertising audit report. And so we internally built out a, um, an audit in which we focus on these three primary areas. And so the, the purpose of today's session is to educate you about each of these topics and why we decided to focus on them with some of the best practice benchmarks that we're using to evaluate your specific performance. And so um, the first piece will be around the foundations. I call this foundations just because these are the things that are subjective and not within the control of automation. And so you spend your time working on the foundations, getting into the good habits of thinking about how you structure your campaigns, what is the workflow and the habits that you should be thinking about. Then we talk about optimization opportunities where some of this can be automated. If you wanna be more aggressive, you're more than welcome to do so. And then lastly, why do all of this, right? 
So the financial impact. And so uh, the potential A cost reduction and then potential incremental sales by way of findings in the first two. So first up on foundations is budget allocation. Why is budget allocation so important? It ensures that campaigns have sufficient budget to run effectively. So whether or not your bids are optimized, that won't matter if you don't have enough budget to even run. Um, and so let's talk about budget allocation. Many of you are familiar with the best practice campaign structure that Celix recommends, which is to have at least one auto, one manual broad, one manual exact for an ASIN or a group of ASINs. And if you want to leverage manual product, you can add that as well, but it needs to be a separate ad group. And so in this budget allocation, I'm assuming that you would be planning your budget based on your portfolio, as in your products, the catalog you have, how much money you want to dedicate to each set of products. And so if you have all four campaigns or all four ad groups, you would split it out maybe evenly across the board. And so this just is a starting point to ensure you have coverage across all four. But if you don't want product targeting, it'll be thirds. And so I take this as a guidance to say that at most for an auto campaign, allocate about 30% to auto and then at least 70% to manual. This ensures that you have sufficient budget to go towards manual, right? Because each of your manual campaigns are meant to target very precisely the type of targets you have, the bids that you have, and you wanna drive more engagement there since you are able to control those factors. Whereas auto sits in the background, lets it run to do your additional research or kind of like a safety net catch-all for anything you may not have anticipated. And so if you're starting from scratch, this would be my recommended budget allocation. The longer you run with this campaign structure and budget allocation, you will find that you have opportunity to shift more budget from auto over to manual. And so um, some of the biggest advertisers that I work with who've had um, over 12 months running the same brand account, they will typically have an auto allocation of 10% or less because that, by that point, they've done enough keyword research to refine what goes into their manual campaigns that they no longer need to dedicate a significant portion of budget to auto. And so this budget allocation ensures you have financial control. Then the next piece is sufficient number of targets. Um, I get this question a lot, like what is the right number of targets or keywords to put into a campaign? And there's no hard and fast number on this, but here's the opposite end of what may occur. If you have far too few targets, you will limit your reach and it limits your ability to spend through your budget, right? So you may have a large budget dedicated to a campaign, but if there aren't enough targets, you're not gonna reach the sufficient number of people to run through it. And then on the flip side, too many targets would be if you are spreading your budget so thin across all of these targets that Amazon's testing and testing just to see which ones work and which ones don't, you don't have traction on the few that do work for you. And you've spread it so thin that every single one of these targets may have one to five clicks that don't um, materialize in statistically significant performance. And so Celix recommends anywhere between 10 to 100, just as a benchmark. Um, like I said, there's no hard and fast number here, but if you are looking at an average of say 300 targets per campaign, 
you may want to revisit that because you likely have a super long tail of targets that are accumulating one or two clicks. It ends up generating a lot of spend over the course of time, but not enough for you to feel confident that that's something you should invest in. Thank you. So that's so, sufficient number of targets. Yeah, I think I think you know just quickly you know chiming in here. I think you know these are already two two very important points you know which we also have heard in the last couple of weeks. You know, in the last couple of months, these are topics which come up again and again. On the one side, how much should anyone invest between automatic and manual? And on the other side, how many targets should someone put in campaigns that they are not too long tail, but also not on the other side don't have enough to really grow with this. And I just want to kind of like already have a, have a just quick, quick pause here. As I've seen already, we have a couple of questions. So again, you know, if you have any questions, don't hesitate. We really take it seriously, right? So we, we try to address the questions. So Brandon asked the question, does it make sense to always have some automatic campaigns running? So I think the, the focus here is on always, or are there probably any cases where it does not make sense to have automatic campaigns running? If you have the budget for it, run the auto campaigns because you don't know what trends could emerge that changes the uh, makeup of your search traffic. And so I think about um, one of my customers who is in a, in a home decor category. And oftentimes, as much as they do robust keyword research, they are not able to catch trends like the way colors are described, for example. So um, take, for example, the color pink. Over time, this client saw rose, blush, millennial pink, lavender. If that's not something that you were anticipating, then you likely don't have targets within your manual campaigns that would have already reached that. And so having that auto campaign run in the background just to capture these little things that you wouldn't have anticipated is really the purpose of it. And so as long as you minimize your budget, you don't run the risk of increasing ad waste. If you are very pressed for budget and you have um, confidence that you've incorporated as much possible keywords and targets as possible in your manual, by all means, get rid of auto. But if you can afford to, it's a good safety net to ensure you have coverage for anything you were not anticipating. Perfect. Yeah, and I also think that this is connected. I also see that Baptist actually also replied to that question in the chat. I also think Baptist also was very active uh, last week as well when we talked about multi-channel. So looking back and also see that uh, Lisa had a follow-up question, which uh, relates not to, to the budget allocation, but which mm -hmm. relates to the number of targets mm -hmm. um, per campaign. And basically, I think the question from Lisa was, uh, between 10 and 100 targets per manual campaign, what about ad groups? This, that's a great question, Lisa. I'm using campaigns and ad groups interchangeably here. Um, so one thing to keep in mind when you group your targets within the same ad group is that Amazon is essentially testing every single one of them over and over. And then the handful that gets a good reaction will kind of rise to the top. Think of like cream of the crop, just rising. And you see that in your own um, target reports as well, where you can look at your target report and you see that despite hundreds or dozens of keywords, it's going to be just a handful at the very top driving most of your traffic. And that's normal. Statistically, that's very normal. But what you want to limit is that super long tail 
that is so small that maybe you are willing to ignore for one week or even one month, but then over the course of six months could result in hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Perfect. Yeah, I hope, Lisa, that uh, this addresses a question, right? So campaign ad group, the basic principle supply. Um, so this, I think, is fine. We have already some other question from Samuya, which relates to negative targeting, I think, which we'll touch on in a second. So I would suggest, Celine, let's probably just move on to the third important yeah. Yes. So the next piece is negative targeting. This is a great segue. I appreciate you for bringing this up. And so negative targeting is meant to act as traffic control, right? It ensures that your campaigns, all these multiple campaigns, don't compete for the same search terms. Uh, granted, Amazon will tell you that your own campaigns don't compete in the sense that it doesn't drive up your CPCs, but you want all the relevant search traffic going to the most relevant target because that's where you can control your bid and you can assess whether or not it's relevant for you. And so if you have negative, that allows you to say this budget for auto should only drive this amount for auto, right? Impressions, clicks, and sales. It should be proportionate to the amount of money that you are putting into auto. Because otherwise, even if you have the budget allocation that I talked about earlier, where you might be investing majority in manual by way of budget allocation, but if auto is taking all that traffic, then you're still not controlling the way your traffic is going. And so negative targeting absolutely should be in your um, workflow to ensure that your budget is going where you intend to control it. Great, and now I think we can probably look into a concrete example. I think uh, Samia has um, brought up one, so let's look into this. So I had one auto, two manual broad, three manual exact, four manual product. Mm -hmm. But I was getting a lot of clicks for people looking for similar name product in a completely different category, mm -hmm. even though I picked my product category correct for the manual product campaign. So I added all of those incorrect clicks into negative targeting, but then I stopped getting very little impressions after that. After getting close to zero impressions every day, I turned off manual exact and manual product, no improvement in impressions. Then I took out most of the negative targeting in the remaining two campaigns, but I am still not getting impressions, please, advice. So a very, very concrete real life example where negative seems to kill the campaign. So, so how would you think about this? Um, I think it depends on how you decided what to put into negative. So first of all, when we suggest adding targets to negative, uh, for auto, we suggest that you add them to negative phrase. And then for anything that's manual broad, negative exact. So that's the starting point. And then how you decide on adding something to negative, I think that's where I would need more information. Specifically, if you're talking about negative targeting from a best practice, the only rule of thumb for best practice right now is that anything that is in your manual campaign should be added as negative to auto. Anything that's in manual exact should be added as negative to your manual broad as negative exact. That just ensures that there's no overlap. And so in your example of removing negative targeting, I'm currently unclear whether you had done a filter and just added them and then accidentally something went in as a negative phrase or something that was had a far greater reach than you initially intended. And so if you wanna be conservative, just stick with negative targeting of whatever's in your manual, put it in auto, whatever's in your negative, um, whatever's in your manual exact, put it into your manual broad. So it kind of bifurcates that traffic. 
Perfect. Yeah, and I also think probably adding adding to this. Um, so yes, I think negative negative uh, targeting as 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 Elin points out here is one of the things which we've seen in the industry is incredibly important. It's incredibly powerful. It's uh, important to have a structure where different campaigns don't compete with each other too much, so that you really can control it. But on the flip side, you of course also need to be careful that if you add too many negative campaigns in the wrong way, then you pretty much can also um, ensure that none of your real relevant um, mm -hmm. ads will appear. And I think also for your example, you know, I think Zlin put it out, we probably would need much more uh, details on this, on the product, the category, everything. But also another thing which can happen and which we'll touch on later is the bidding, right? So if probably you're not getting zero impressions, this can be because of negative keywords, but it also can be other reasons. So it's also something which always need to be, be understood. But uh, we hope Samia, that this already helped a little bit and we probably will come back later on this. We have another question from Johannes that also addresses right now to, to the topic around targets per campaign slash ad group. Mm -hmm. What if I am maxing out my ad spend per campaign already? Does the rule still apply to not go over 100 keywords? I wonder how to scale otherwise, if not through more adding more targets, if you max out already on your existing ones. You can do, you can add more keywords or you can just add more budget to what's working for you. So um, even though you're maxing out your budget, I would ask the question, why? If you are at say 100 and you're asking whether or not you can add another 10, another 20, look at your existing 100. Is, is it that all 100 are driving regular impressions, clicks and sales? Or is it that 50 are, and then the other 50 are kind of, you know, straggling. If it's, and I would venture that it's likely the latter, that you have a fewer set of keywords that are driving most of that spend. And if that's the case, that's great. Because then what you can do is still trim the fat of the ones that have been testing but never got any traction. And then you can keep adding more keywords to test it. But if you're running out of budget, find the source of it. If it's equally distributed, then maybe there's a huge opportunity to keep adding targets, but likely that's not happening. So that's, that's my two cents there. Um, if you are seeing strong growth and budgets the concern, hopefully that that campaign is performing at the rate that you intend with the ACoS and ROAS that you're happy with so that anything that you continue to drive to will consistently deliver at that rate. Great. Yeah, so I think you know, also with everything that we discussed today, right, these are general guidelines. And also we also see with some of the examples to every guideline, there are always exceptions, right? And then it kind of like really needs to go deeper into every specific case. We have one question from Baptiste, which also refers to negative targeting. So what Baptiste is saying, perfect. I have a theory about negative targeting. Since you're trying to control traffic, it becomes a necessity, especially in branded keywords. For example, don't want to misspell, bring me a client for sunglasses when you want shoes, but wouldn't be doing exact match or phrase match able us to do something similar without having to spread yourself too thin, having too many things to track. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think this question, Zilin, is probably a little bit the trade-off. Yeah. Do you really need negative targeting or can you also do this by just exact phrase, you know, having very controlled targeting? Very controlled targeting doesn't prevent your own campaigns from competing, right? So like if you were doing shoes, why would you not put shoes in all three 
campaigns because you may be using your broad to look for types of shoes, high heel shoes, leather shoes, canvas shoes, I, I don't know. But the word shoes is likely going to appear in all three. And so you want just shoes with nothing before it, nothing after it to be going to your manual exact and that's where you manipulate that specific search term result. Great. Yeah, I think I think that's that's definitely something to to keep in mind. Yeah, I see we have already a couple of other questions, but I also um, will pack some of them for the later sessions as we still have a couple of things to to go through. Right. So I think as Elaine, we now talked a little bit about some of the foundations, um, but what is there else, you know, that people should think of? Yeah, let's move on. Okay, add waste. So ad waste is in the report um, and it is loosely defined as targets that accumulate clicks with no sales, therefore making them unprofitable and wasteful. And so I say loosely because there are advertisers out there who are willing to test targets that may not guarantee a sale, right? Just because that may be the sunk cost of research or just marketing in general. But if you reduce your ad waste, you potentially have two benefits. You reduce your A costs. It's actually the fastest way to reduce A costs. And then it frees up budget for converting targets because you're essentially using up some of that budget towards something that may not convert. And so let's use this as an example. This is completely made up. None of this is real because the numbers are way too even. Um, let's say you have in one ad group, you have 10 keywords and the 10 keywords are accumulating spend in this way. First one's 200, second one's 200 and so forth. And the top two bring in majority of the revenue, the bottom do not. And so total ACOS for this entire account is 30.38. But if you were to eliminate any of the keywords that have had zero sales, that automatically brings it down to 26.6, right? Because you're testing with keywords three, four, five, seven, nine, and 10, and that's fine. You can test it in the short term, but over time, these will accumulate into the $80 that is, or rather, one, two, three, 30, 40, 50, 60, 60 dollars within this time frame, and then that cap like calculates and multiplies every week, every month, and it ends up wasting money that could have gone to keywords one, two, and six. Right. Yeah, I think you know it's something that that you know what I really find also. Um, intriguing is when people think about, okay, you know, I just can reduce my spend somewhere to probably improve my performance a little bit. That's one thing, but it's actually the other effect, right? As you point out, because you can potentially use these $80 somewhere else much more effectively. So mm -hmm. it's not just that you can save the waste, you actually can reuse it in order to Correct. make basically more money. And this is a really good um, practical illustration of why having sufficient targets is um, paramount. Because if you had 100 or 200 keywords, just multiply this chart by 10, and you're going to have a bunch of examples of one $2 clicks over and over. And that's, what ha that's how it adds up. Great. Then um, I see we have a couple of other thoughts, comments, um, which I think we will address probably after the the next session so yeah i think it's all i mean like in today's session but after the next topic that we address uh, here so yes yeah, so link on the on the ad wasting i think we are good i think we touched on this a little bit i think when we think about the question um what can we do with this money 
right? So what should people do when it comes to having now these, these safe money? Yes, yes. So that's a great way to move into efficient and inefficient targets. Um, if you have been following Celix for a long time, we publish a lot of content about ACOS. Um, not that ACOS is the pinnacle KPI, right? That should be sales. But ACOS gives you an idea of your profitability, what you can afford to do, what you can afford to invest, and when you've gone a little too far out. And so a common question we get is, how do I reduce ACOS? And so if you want to reduce that, just remember that this is a math equation. ACOS equals ad spend divided by ad sales. And so if you want to reduce ACOS, you can either decrease ad spend or increase ad sales. If you do both, that's great. If you can't do both, focus on one or the other. And so with efficient and inefficient targets, if you want to decrease ad spend, you decrease your bids on inefficient targets. This spend is going towards high ACOS keywords. Why don't you bid less on it? Because if you lose the sales behind it or you lose the impressions behind it, those were impressions that you were gaining in a very inefficient, expensive rate anyway. And then conversely, increase your bids on efficient targets. It may sound and feel counterintuitive to drive more money when you're trying to save money. But the idea here is that if you find some keywords that are converting very well for you, very efficient, very low ACoS, if you increase the bids on those, you're driving more visibility to what has worked for you. And hopefully all the clicks and conversions that come as a result will continue at that low ACoS rate, which will bring the overall ACoS of your account down. Right. Yeah, I always kind of like when I when I think about this, right, it's, um, um, you know, we have probably some some people here that are following the stock market, right, and uh, basically very, very strong fluctuations, you know, this year, it's uh, incredible. I don't think I've ever seen something like this. But basically, you know, in theory, right, in the stock market, you always want to put in the money where you know that, you know, this probably will grow the most, you know, and other ones will not grow that much or even decrease. Um, and I always find it Find it interesting that when we then move to the advertising side of things, right, that sometimes these principles, you know, get lost and basically the same principles apply. So when we see that someone really works well, we basically want to have more from this. If we see something doesn't work well, we want to have less from this or we want to make it work, right? And I think that's basically the idea here. And before we come to what this then means in practice and how to do this, we have one question from Marlon Ikelis, also welcome to the show that uh, is connected to the ad waste, which we just covered. Marlon was asking the question, how many clicks without sales does a keyword need to make in order to stop it, right? So basically, when do we have enough data that we can make the decision that it's not performing? That is a great question. That is very subjective. Um, here at Celix, when we are, um, recommending adding search terms to negative, we have um, preloaded into a Celix rule automation set. If orders, after, if orders equal to zero, after 25 clicks, move it to negative. 25 is a lot though, I gotta say. Waiting for 25 clicks could take a really long time if you don't have a ton of traffic or if you don't have a ton of budget. And so if you wanted to lower that, you can lower it to 10. Um, but if you wanted to be a little bit more subjective, I recommend you looking back 90 days. 90 days is a long time. It covers a quarter of the year, covers a different seasonality, different trend. And 
when you look at all your targets across 90 days, filter for the ones that haven't done a single sale and you'll start to see a pattern, right? Have they not gotten sales because it's completely irrelevant to the product or it's completely off the base on um, the spelling of something? And you'll see that there are patterns that you can then subjectively remove, but it really is dependent on your tolerance for how much you're willing to test. Because if you have lower tolerance, then you should not wait so long. Because the longer you wait, the longer you are accumulating ad waste before you make a decision. That's great. Yeah, I think, you know, Marlon also asked a follow-up question, you know, when he says 25 clicks, it's statistically not significant. I think, you know, just also one thing which we, from a selling side, you know, this is a discussion which which happens um, a lot. And we also will cover this in one of the upcoming shows where we go much deeper into bidding. Um, but basically to, to echoing what, what Zilin said, um, there are probably two maximums, right? So one maximum is after one click, right? You should probably not make a decision after one or two clicks, right? The other extreme is probably 100 clicks. Mm -hmm. If you not have a very niche product, then with 100 clicks, you probably should already expect some sales, right? If your conversion rate is at least 1%, which for most products uh, is the case. Um, so basically, depending on how risk affine averse you are, as Alin pointed out, you can then pretty much make calls rather sooner if you're risk averse, or if you kind of like have budget, you wanna really try it out, you wanna, wanna be on the statistically safe side, then you need to wait longer. But you need to be aware that there's a trade-off. So if you really want to have statistically relevant results, that means that to 95%, um, chance you really know that something is not working, that this will cost you money, right? Because this also means that until the moment that you figure out that something doesn't work, you already paid a huge amount of money. And that's where the, the trade-off is. Cool. So yeah, I hope Mel, this kind of like already helps you a little bit kind of like on, on that part, right? So it, it really kind of like is a question of conversion rate, expected value, as well as how uh, risk tolerant you are but we also will cover this in the end when we talk a little bit about how you can really use this for your own business. And I also see we have a couple of other questions. So many questions again today. So thank you guys. I really appreciate it that we have, again, so much great engagement. It seems to be, you know, that uh, we have many, many great topics here and we'll talk about all of them, um, but let's probably first go to the, to the next topic, Zilin. Yeah, so we've talked about these foundations We've talked about optimization opportunities for saving money um, and finding ways to better invest in advertising. So what does that all mean? So within the report that we've built out, we are able to help you calculate an A-cost reduction. So by reducing ad waste, what could your potential A-cost be? There will be a range of aggressive versus conservative, depending on how aggressive you want to go with ad waste. And then the last piece is potential incremental sales. So you have your ad waste. If we were able to reallocate the dollars saved from ad waste and then reallocate them towards efficient targets, what does that incremental sales dollars look like? And so that's projected into the report. Cool. Wrap it up with a pretty bow of what's in it for you. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. And I think um, so. Yes, Celine talks about this report, right? We, we mentioned this in the beginning. It's not just that we talk about six topics today. We actually talk about um, how we can make these six topics that we cover today as actionable and relevant for you. Because one of the things which we try to avoid is to give you a couple of things, you know, some theories, some guidance, but then in the end, you're pretty much out there. You're looking into your own account 
and you're really trying to figure out what does it mean for me and in the end um, nothing happens so one of the big questions which you ask ourselves how can we really make this as applicable and actionable for you so i'm personally incredibly excited right that uh, that this report now is out there so so you see it here on the screen so zelen if you probably stop quickly sharing i can just give everyone a very quick um review of what we are actually talking about because that's normally always the best way to really figure out what we're doing here so i hope that uh, everyone is seeing my screen Zelen, are they seeing my screen i see it good good great so basically what you can do if you go to selix selix.com basically you will see here a beautiful thing at the top which is called six key insights to your ppc performance get your custom pdf report now and basically, if you click on this, you come to this beautiful page where you will find everything that we just covered today. Um, you will find here described, right? So you kind of like, we'll see here that we talk about how you can minimize unprofitable advertising, how you can increase conversions, how you can maximize your ROAS, how you can really identify new incremental sales opportunities, reduce ACoS, and in the end, avoiding competing with yourself. So these topics are all covered in a report and this report is not just the theory that we talk about today. This report will be created for your account, for your business in real time. So what you will see here and what you will get is a report that will look like this. It's a beautiful PDF file. So here's an example that essentially will go through all of the topics. It will check automatically all of these things, right? It will check automatically the shift between automatic and manual, what you can do, it will analyze the number of targets that you have per campaign or edge group. It will think and look into a target a negative targeting where we kind of like also address today how important that is. And it also will go deeper into the topics how you can basically optimize. So here in this section, the ad waste piece, how much you can really save, right? And when we talk about saving, it also means that you can, of course, reinvest this money. So in this sample report is about 120K dollars and um, what we also do, right, is to kind of like then tell you exactly in your account how the most efficient targets, how much they pretty much represent from your investment, how much money you make with this, so that you also understand where you can really double down on. These are your best performing horses, right? So these are the ones where you really need to get the most out of this and the opposite, right? So where essentially do you waste the majority of your money and where are kind of like the ones that you probably should go down. And last but not least, this all kind of like will then be summarized up in a very clear opportunity assessment for your account and also with very, very clear steps of how you can then use everything that is posted out here to boost your account. So this is a report. If you're interested in this report, it's free, right? So you pay nothing for this. This is normally something where, um, yeah, people like me, Zelen or others in the world are sitting weeks to kind of like come up with these kind of analysis. But you can really get this for free by just going to this page, clicking on get free Amazon PPC analysis. You essentially create an account, integrate, and you will receive this report within 48 hours into your inbox. So it's something that, that we really think can be very, very powerful as we really now want to bridge the gap between theory, right, and having possibilities to really optimize your account to a much more actionable world where we don't tell any kind of like, you know, broad theories or guidelines, but really go exactly into your unique special case and try to understand based on the data, 
what are the best moves that you can do and how can Celix help you with this, right? So what are kind of like the key things that then the Celix software doesn't matter if you want to use Celix advertising or if you want to use one of the other one solutions for sellers, vendors, or agencies. And each of these, you will be basically able to implement what we think about you. So it's the first one. It's also the only one in the industry that is out there that does that, right? So I'm particularly very, very excited about this. And um, it's something that we limited in the beginning, right? So it's limited to 50 at this point as we're still testing it. We're still trying to figure out how we can really make it as useful as possible. But um, it would be great to have you in this group and then also to get your feedback so that we also can ensure that these things and these insights will be even more useful and scalable for you. So with that said, I will stop for a second with the sharing and come back to the questions and comments. And uh, so we have here already many, what I think is very good. So I probably start with the last one here. So Pete is saying, hey, I got this report a few days ago and it's really insightful. I saw some uh, plus VE change on my numbers already. Thank you, Team Celix. Another agency charged me close to $150 for similar report. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, really great to hear. And um, yeah, I think again, we're still in the early days here, um, but pretty much I think, you know, this is really great also to hear for us. It's something where we now really try to make all of this as actionable as possible for you because it's in our obviously biggest, biggest interest that you actually grow and that your business grows and that Celix can help and support you on this. So a couple of other questions. We, we now move to the Q&A session. So um, Brent is asking, is this report available for Celix customers that already have an account? Yes, it is. So if you're interested, you can just reach out to um, your customer success representative and they will help you to, to get these insights um, and basically just take it from there, right? Just reach out and you will, you will receive it. Marlin was asking, I am logged in, but the system wants me to create a new account. Yeah, I think this is probably something, you know, it's uh, if you have any issues in terms of login or creating account, um, you can always try a different email address, but if this doesn't work, please just kind of like, you know, ask a, a quick ticket to, to our support, right? Support at sex.com and we kind of like, will try to address it quickly. Um, but yeah, so normally just follow the normal new integration steps and uh, then we are able to greet the report for you. Uh, Franz has posted uh, the link, right? So thank you, Franz. So basically, yeah, if anyone uh, really is interested in the link, you can just click there. And again, it's absolutely for free and uh, you can test it out right now. It's still in the pilot phase, right? So we're still making a couple of adjustments and changes as we really try also to listen to your feedback, but um, please try it out and we will try to, to really get the most out of this. Then um, I will come back to some of the report questions later, but let's first probably come to some of the topic questions of today, right? Because um, the report is only as powerful as the insights in it. So Kese uh, is asking, we recently started a brand new auto campaign. The new campaign increased impressions by 50%, but ACOS has increased as well. How long will it take an average to reduce the ACOS if we follow the optimization steps? See Lynn. There are so many follow-up questions I have for that. Um, so Casey, in this case, um, 
the question depends on whether or not you have a manual campaign that supplements this auto. Um, I'm not surprised that ACoS went up if you are, because um, it's brand new, right? So Amazon's just testing and seeing what sticks when testing all these different search terms. Um, in taking the steps that we've provided, it assumes that you have a manual campaign where you can pull out the most effective search terms from your auto campaign, transition it into a manual, funnel more of your budget towards your manual, and then the cost comes down on your auto. I can't give you an average time, but I will say that because Amazon's sales attribution window is 14 days, I typically wait about a month. So I'll do everything, monitor it, to ensure that it's moving in the right direction. And then at the month mark, see if I need to make bigger changes. Yes, perfect. And I think also, Cassie, I think this is also partly related to the questions of Marl and Ilya today. Um, another factor, which we also tend to see and have seen in the past, is just the amount of data, right? And I think, you know, when Zelen also referred to that, we don't have uh, too much, obviously, background about the case, but it's a difference if you're spending um, 10K per day, right, on this campaign. Or if you're spending five dollars a day and of course the more kind of like you know data you have you know the more things happen also the more you normally will see results um Harry is asking a question but before i come back to harry i just saw that uh, philip is also asking in the q a section where should i find the link to the report i cannot see it so i think franz posted it here in the chat to everyone I think so. Yes, if you check in the chat, you will see the link, right? So it will be there. But if not, because I really want to ensure that we don't miss this, right? So let me just quickly again show this. So if you go to the Celix page, which Celix.com, what you should basically see is right now here, we have this small little banner, which is called Six Key Insights to Your PPC Performance get your custom PDF report now. If you click on this, then you basically will come to this new page, which right now tries to summarize up everything that we're talking about. And when you now click here, you basically will come to the checkout where you then can request the report and make sure that you receive it. And this is then what you will receive. If there again, any other questions, we also will ensure that the links get shared in the follow-up email. So we will not Miss this. So we have another question from, um, we have Cassie here. We have uh, Ari. So Ari is asking, do you recommend restarting your existing campaigns in regular intervals for potential higher number of impressions, impression spikes, so-called honeymoon phase, or should you set up your campaigns once and then just let it run from there? Very good question, Zulin. What would you recommend? Always let it run. Always, let, Always it run. let it run. Yes. Yes. Um, when your campaigns are live and accumulating data, Amazon recognizes that you are a reliable advertiser for having coverage, essentially. And so the more you run and accumulate relevant data points of how often you run, how many clicks you're getting, how many sales you're getting, keep in mind, Amazon runs the entire flywheel, right? So if somebody clicks, they make money. If somebody buys, they make money. And so they will reward advertisers who have continuously successful campaigns by way of reducing your CPCs over time. I cannot prove it. I cannot, I cannot verify whether or not this mythical like quality score exists, but I have seen where if brands do not change their bids ever, 
as long as they have enough budget running and that the campaigns have um, relevant keywords, you start to see CPCs reduced by one or two cents each week. That's not the way to do it, right? You should be optimizing your bids according to performance, but because um, campaigns are staying on, Amazon recognizes that. Starting and stopping should really be because of either, either inventory issues or you need to move your budget elsewhere, as in there are um, issues outside of individual optimization for you to make that decision. Right, yeah, and I think also one thing one thing to add uh, on this on this question, um, Ari, so, for those of you in the audience today that also have worked at some point outside of Amazon advertising and for example, the Google or the Facebook advertising world. Um, so many of them have kind of like comparable principles, how they calibrate the performance of a campaign, so called honeymoon phase. And in most cases, at least there, um, because there are already kind of like many, many scientific tests, uh, it makes also more sense as Elin points out here for Amazon to keep it running because basically the history and the performance history, which you will get overrides the honeymoon phase, which is normally very short, right? So it's going to be a very difficult, sustainable strategy to uh, recreate your campaigns again and again, right? So normally the data, the history will uh, very quickly um, overwrite uh, the impact of the other. Christian, Christian Leffler, which reminds me, I definitely want to ask at the end of the show, the cities where everyone is coming from. I think we actually have a very, very good global audience here. But before we do this, also Christian is asking, what should you do with the ASINs that show up as the search terms in the automatic campaigns? I'm getting lots of them with just one click each. That's a great question. Um, so when it comes to the ASINs that are showing up in Amazon's um, or in auto campaigns targets where they target product targeting, it's common that you only see one or two um, impressions or clicks because there's more real estate. So think of like a product detail page where as soon as you scroll past the content, you see a scroll of up to 30 or 40 placements in each of those. If you just click it once, it's going to show up on somebody's search term report. And so if it's only like one or two clicks, don't pay attention to it. You should only be moving something to manual if you convert it. And so that way you continue to refine whether or not you show up. Perfect. And hopefully, Christian, this was helpful. Uh, then we have another question from Johannes. Johannes is asking, is there any way the party app, something Amazon announced it will come out, et cetera, on cross attribution of ad clicks? I wonder how many ad clicks it takes for someone to convert on my ads. And if someone, if some campaigns I'm running are very worthwhile, like auto, but they usually only get the first click and the conversion appears in the brand campaign. Johannes, you are, you are finding the kryptonite in all of digital marketing. <laughs> this is not limited to Amazon. It's not limited to Google or even Facebook. Um, the problem industry-wide is that sales will be attributed to the last click. And so to your point, there's no um, visibility right now for what got their attention in the first place because all of the credit goes to the last click. And so unfortunately, not at this time, hopefully enough of us, Celix, individual sellers, individual advertisers could eventually create enough of um, an uproar to force the industry to share 
share more insights like that? Because I think the number of clicks is really helpful, right? It, it helps for um, advertisers, large and small, to plan where in the funnel they need to move people along. Because right now, that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. As I say, Zelen, I think it's uh, one of the most complex and complicated topics out there, right? I think attribution is. Uh, is a beast and has been always a beast. Um, and yeah, I think in the Amazon world in particular, um, there's not that much, um, basically also due to the nature of uh, sharing data, you know, between and among different marketplaces and everything. Um, but there are some anecdotes, right? And also we have seen that some are doing some tests, you know, you can obviously stop one campaign and see the impact on the brand campaign and stuff. But all of this is just very, very vague. So yeah. there's will always be some sort of, uh, yeah, Gut feeling always required, I would say. And Scott, Scott is asking, uh, when running an auto campaign to harvest keywords, should I be completely ignoring our restricting budget that applies to product campaign uh, to product page impressions? Why is this useful for manual product targeting? It depends. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott, yeah. but that's the truth. It depends. Um, is the purpose of your auto campaign to reach a brand new audience or is the purpose of the auto campaign to maybe reach someone who's already familiar with you, right? It depends on the purpose of the auto campaign. And so oftentimes when it comes to um, the product page impressions, it's really helpful for cross-selling or upselling for somebody who's familiar with your portfolio. If you don't care about people who are already familiar with your brand and you're just trying to go after new people, then maybe you can ignore it. So it, think about what you are trying to accomplish. Think about where those impressions and ads show up and then what the subsequent performance looks like for you to decide whether you completely ignore or you actually continue to invest in it. Great. Um, then we have uh, Malin who is asking, putting a key to negative means that you lose the keyword history of the automated campaign and need to start again creating history. Yes, um, so when you are moving something into a manual campaign, yes, you are starting history again for that specific keyword for your specific ASINs and products. But that's worth it to me because if you continue to have history in an auto campaign, but then you can't control it, you're leaving control up to Amazon. Amazon is going to look at your history and Amazon will decide whether or not you show up or not. Whereas in a manual campaign, if you wanna force it to show up more often, you bid higher. If you don't care about it as much as you used to, you bid lower. You don't have that control in an auto campaign. And so to the trade-off of needing to build new history is a very small one because typically you get back the impressions that you would have expected from an auto probably within a month's time. But again, this is this goes back to Thomas's point that it depends on how much traffic you're getting, so how much budget you're getting. The more budget you have to drive traffic, the sooner that search history comes back to reteach Amazon that this search term is relevant for your ASIN. Great. Yeah, hopefully, uh, Marlon, this, this um, answers your point. Uh, Molly, Molly here from last week, just want to say I'm so glad you guys do these sessions. Appreciate the no BS, only info concept. Uh, please keep them coming. Thank you so much, Molly. No clue what BS means in this context, right? But uh, I, I, of course, do. Right. So, so thank you. Thank you for the, for the great feedback. Really appreciate this. Um, 
Brandon was asking a question. Uh, I have successful products, but I have not done much of anything with my campaigns for a year or two. I mostly just let my current keywords run on a modest budget. I feel very out of touch with advertising and how to do it. What is the best way to relearn how to advertise effectively, catch up with changes and successfully launch new products? So before Zilin touches on this question, I can quickly just say, I know that you posted these questions before we talked about the report, but one of the things I think that definitely can really help is to, to start with the report that will already show you uh, the six parts which we covered today. Um, but I think on the other topics, right? So catch up with changes, successfully launch your products, all of this. So um, what we try from the Celtic side is to really, really kind of like, you know, double down on keeping everyone here up to date on the new strategies, the new tactics, the new things to really boost your account. So if you're really kind of like interested of going again deeper into this topic, um, check out the report, go to Celtic Advertising, we also have a lots of tons of new content, which we publish within advertising and which we'll continue to, to also publish in the next few weeks and months. So just follow us on our social channels and we will post all of this. Is there anything that you want to add to this, Alain? I appreciate the engagement, everyone. Good, great. No, I think I think this is uh, agreed. So I think we have a few last questions. Also look at the time as we are running out, but let's see that we can hopefully cover most of these. So uh, one question from Jamie was, how often do you recommend optimizing your ad campaigns? Uh, some people will say weekly, some people will say monthly, some people will say daily. None of those are true for everyone. One size does not fit all. You should be looking at your campaigns regularly to see that they are tracking to your expectation. And when I say regularly, I really do mean every couple of days, um, every three or four days, just to check that it's tracking. But the actual optimizations will be dependent on whether or not you have gotten um, statistically significant or relevant data for you to make a decision. And so um, when you're looking every couple of days, filter for the terms that have gotten a normal number of clicks. I know that these words are very subjective because every advertiser kind of has a gut feeling for what traffic they expect with their budget, right? So if you are typically expecting say 200 clicks per week, then look at that number, see how it's distributed across your keywords and then decide whether or not you should be increasing or decreasing. Whereas if it's more normal for you to get in a week 20,000, then maybe you should be looking at it more frequently. Um, so Celex automation for bid rules um, for optimizing your bid changes, we look at your conversion rate. So within Celix, you can create a rule that says, um, look at ACoS after one times the expected number of clicks to get a conversion. And so what we do is we'll look at your ad group conversion rate and based on your conversion rate, that will tell us whether or not a set number of clicks is statistically significant. And so if you have a 10% conversion rate, we'll look every 10 clicks to see whether or not you're getting a sale and then look at the ACoS performance to see if it's over or under the efficiency you had expected. If you have a conversion rate, for example, of 
4%, then we'll look at 25 clicks, right? And so this allows the software to not treat a one size fits all as if this click threshold should be applied evenly across the board, especially if some get more clicks than others faster, just by way of um, the prevalence of that keyword in your category. So once again, it depends, but Celex has the solution for kind of driving that it depends and not treating all of your keywords as if they're equal. Exactly. Yeah. So I think this also comes back to the question of you, Marlon, Ilya, right? So with the rules that you can set up in Celix, we automatically, you know, kind of like ask you basically how risk averse or affine are you? And based on this, we calculate the expected value, the statistical relevance, and then in the end, make decisions for you. So we are almost at the end. Um, so I see lots of great feedback. Johannes, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, love to hear this. Brandon, I love that question. Is the report really free? Awesome, hidden charges, etc. And yeah, it is absolutely free. I really kind of like can just repeat this, and I, you know, I find it also very, very funny that you know we actually received the feedback that some people think it's uh, it's not real, or there's some you know what's kind of like the issue, what's the challenge, why is this free? You know, there needs to be some kind of weird thing about it. No, it's not, right? So we really try to now make the insights that we talk about here as actionable as possible for you. So this report is the first thing that we try to do in this series. It will show you exactly for your account, the different topics and what you can do with this. And then it's up to your decision. If you wanna use Celix to solve some of the topics that we talked about today, or if you wanna do something else. But the report itself is fully free, can be used, and you will receive it within 48 hours if you request it now. So last but not least, uh, I will open up uh, our weekly, wonderful, beautiful, very quick 30 seconds survey as uh, one of the things that is uh, incredibly important for us for this show is to really understand how you like it and how we can improve it. Because for us, the most important thing is to really see is this valuable for you? Is this something that is not valuable for you? So you should see now the survey in front of you these are just three very, very quick questions. Um, it would be incredibly valuable for us if you could just um, reply to them quickly and tell us a little bit what you think about today's episode. And I see already the first things are coming in, the first results. So the first results, at least from Seems that many people enjoyed the episode, what makes me happy, makes Lynn happy, makes us happy. Um, I'm right now in Berlin, it's very hot here. Celine, where are you right now? New York. New York, how's the weather in New York? Cloudy, fine. I'm hungry though, it's okay. my lunchtime. Okay, yeah, it's uh, almost a dinner time. And um, yeah, so we see Berlin and New York from us. Um, and yeah, the feedback is coming in. 40% already replied. Uh, already very, very first insightful things, but just quickly scanning through the results. And yes, yeah, so we take this feedback incredibly seriously. So please keep it coming. And um, we will wait another 30 seconds, one minute that you have time to finish this. Um, but also if you have any other feedback which cannot be covered in the survey, please don't hesitate, right? Just reach out to us. If you're a customer, talk to customer success, right? If you're interested in Celix, write to us on either support at or use any of our social channels on Facebook, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you want. Just talk with us. We will come back and we will also ensure to really, really listen to you. 
and to ensure that when we do these sessions, we are as helpful and valuable as possible to ensure that you are successful on Amazon. I see 70% completed, 75, we're close to 80. I will wait another, another 30 seconds. I wanna use already this, this chance to say thank you so much, Celine. This has been again, a fantastic session and I'll love, love to discuss with you about advertising. And based on the feedback here, I think we have 96% which rated the session of a four out of five, which looks to me that this is again, one of the best performing episodes which we had so far. So glad to see this, great to see this. And uh, yeah, we will continue doing this for this particular episode. Also, if you request the report, please check it out. And also if you have any feedback on this report, don't hesitate again. For us, it's the most important thing to create different things for you that will really help you to scale your business. But that's that. I wish everyone, wherever you are in the world, I know we have an audience from Europe, US and also Asia right now attending. And yeah, wish all of you a fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Best from Celix, and we all see you very soon. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this special episode. Make sure to come back next week to get more expert insights on how to successfully sell on Amazon. In the meantime, if you have any other questions, please feel free to visit us at Celix.com. We'll talk to you soon.